When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, we have a wonderful guest that we are welcoming on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom Bradley is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Holly and I are here with you. Ryan is at the controls. And uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show today. I have not been able to get, and I know I am not alone, many, many people in the community have not been able to get uh, off our minds the uh, people who have been displaced by the fire at the Francis Drake Hotel in downtown Minneapolis. This was serving as overflow housing, temporary housing, for people who already had been displaced by temporary housing. So in other words, people who were experiencing homelessness, this was a place where they were able to um, kind of set up and sleep and be, and it uh, burned down on Christmas Day, very, yeah. very early. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, throughout the day, if you were following the story, they were um, taking donations at a corner nearby, and now they were overwhelmed by the response to that. And now you may be wondering, what can I do? And I think that that is a great question that we should have and we should be thinking about, and we should not just be thinking about it today. We should be thinking about it a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now. We should always be thinking about what can I do to help people who are who are less fortunate than I might be right now. And to that end, we have welcomed to the show Carrie Carlson Guest, who's with the American Red Cross. Uh, she's the regional communications officer for the Minnesota region of the Red Cross. Hello, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. <laughs> Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know it's been a very busy day, um, and I know yesterday was also a very busy day because you all at the Red Cross were on site as soon as humanly possible. Yes, our volunteers have been working 24-7 since we arrived on scene, you know, working with partners, city, county, other nonprofits just to get as much help as quickly as possible to everyone in need. This is just, it's heartbreaking, honestly. And um, it's especially heartbreaking um, when it happens on a holiday. Yeah. And so we're, we're just focused on making sure people have a warm, safe place to stay. Last night we had more than 110 adults and children um, that we were sheltering. And um, we, you know, we could get more and uh We'll continue to help people as needed. Carrie, can we just take a step back for people who a lot of people have heard of the Red Cross, but they might say, I don't know what the Red Cross is. Can you explain what the function of the Red Cross is? Certainly. And, you know, we have this giant recognizable logo. And, you know, so some people think that they know 
everything that we do. They may be familiar with our swimming lessons or they may donate blood or have received blood. You know, they may even have been in the military and, you know, needed to do some emergency communication. But where disaster is concerned, we respond to more than a disaster a day here in Minnesota. Most of those are single-family home fires, but we have volunteers on call 24 hours a day um, to go out, connect with families, make sure they're not alone in those just tough first hours, and make sure that they've got, you know, the basics. Uh, that includes everything from, you know, a place to stay, food. We're going to work with them. You know, maybe they evacuated without their medications or their medical equipment. Mm. Um, and we also, so we have professional nurses that are volunteers. We have mental health support professionals. And all of that is also available at the shelter right now and is continuing to be available. But um, we want to make sure that we can help people take those first steps to get back on their feet. And then we also sit down with them and, and help them do that long-term recovery planning. And that's, you know, that's certainly a little ways down the road here. Um, with this disaster, but, you know, did did you lose your driver's license? Did Who else can we connect you with? Yeah. How can we get you on to our partner organizations and connect you so you can get the most help possible? Um, it's like every disaster, whether it's a large fire like this or, you know, a single-family home fire, no one organization does it by themselves. It's right. a community response. And that's everybody from the people that are so generous that have, you know, given money to make this possible to, you know, all of our partner organizations. And it's just been a tremendous response, as you just mentioned uh, mentioned earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Carrie Carlson, guest from the American Red Cross, uh, uh, our regional branch here. So moving forward, Carrie, you were talking about... Uh, Having systems in place to help people plan long term after a disaster like this. Uh, But how can listeners help those people move forward with your organization? How can people become involved uh, with the American Red Cross here in Minneapolis? Well, there's there's a couple ways they can help. So before this disaster happened, um, we had trained volunteers. We had vehicles ready to go. We had cots and all the supplies we needed to respond. And so when people make a donation to support relief for disasters like this one or um, other disasters, that's what that money goes towards is making sure that we're ready. But it also goes for all of the things like replacing the eyeglasses that someone lost, making sure that we can you know, replace those, you know, that medical equipment, making sure that they have, you know, clothing and food and shelter. So it's all of that that comes together. And so people can do everything from go to redcross.org. They can call our donation hotline at 612-460-3700. They can even just text. I mean, if they text the word Red Cross to 90999, that makes a $10 donation. That's and it's wonderful. Every, yeah, it's so wonderful. And I will also add, as I mentioned, we're not the only organization that's responding. And it's I want people to feel like it's not an you know either or situation. Like you donate to one organization or another. It's really both. And the needs are going to go on for so long. In any way, someone feels inspired to help, whether that's through the Red Cross, one of our partner organizations. 
we just really encourage them to do that. And, you know, we have faith in Minnesotans. We're, we're a generous bunch. That is mm-hmm. true. That is true. And, you know, just as sort of a, a final wrap-up, um, Carrie Carlson, guest from Minnesota, uh, Re- the regional Red Cross, um, what you were just saying about how people can give. I've had some people ask if there's a way that they can earmark their donations for this particular disaster um, in giving to the Red Cross. And before you even answer that, I would just offer that any money that is raised by the Red Cross goes to wonderful things anyway. So it all it all helps the greater good regardless. And the disaster relief um, we're asking people to donate to Red Cross Disaster Relief, and that's really what made that immediate response possible. And we also ensure that no matter what your disaster, that we're providing the same level of care to everyone so people don't have to rely on, you know, their fire happened on a holiday and right. it was a really big media story um, to get the same kind of um, care. If, yet if people feel incredibly passionate, um, you know, they can speak to um, one of our team members and, and they can have that conversation with them about making sure that we honor donor intent and, and where we where we want that money to go. Carrie, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and joining us um, today. Have a really good day. Thank you so much. I have one other quick oh, yes. note. Just want to remind everyone out there that, you know, fires can happen to anyone at any time. And... With winter, you know, we've had a number of issues where, you know, anything from candles to holiday lights to furnaces, um, all those can be hazards. So practice your plan. Know how to get out of your home in two minutes or less. Check those smoke alarms. That's also something that everyone can do to be more prepared. Yes. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, and, uh, and, And be well. And again, thank you for all the work that you and the Red Cross are doing. Thank you so much. That was Carrie Carlson Guest. She's the American Red Cross Regional Communications Officer here in Minnesota. And again, what we were specifically talking about was the fire that displaced 200 plus already displaced people who are experiencing homelessness uh, at the Drake Hotel in downtown Minneapolis over Christmas. If you aren't familiar with that um, news story, I highly encourage you to um, to read, you know, whether it's on social media or whether it's in the newspaper or whether it's online. Um, but but there is a need. And this, of course, has drawn our attention to a greater need. Yes. Uh, and that is but like a small part of the conversation. Um, and I just want to commit to the fact that this is something that, that, that I will be tending to throughout my year of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I hope that other people will make a commitment to, to, to tend to that, not just in this post holiday moment, yeah. but going forward long term. Um, and so thank you again to Carrie Carlson guest for joining us. Now, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, Lindsay Vaughn proposed to her man. Apparently, there's more to the story than we thought. Yeah, apparently. Uh, we're going to unpack that a little bit. Uh-huh. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Well, at first, we were like, ladies, sisters are doing it for themselves. Sisters are doing it for themselves. We're back up But. I don't know. We got real confused about the story. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers Off. He'll be back tomorrow. Holly and I are here. Ryan's at the controls. We're talking about Lindsay Vaughn.
Yes, our very own Lindsey Vaughn. Mm-hmm. This story was on page six this morning, and I thought to myself, self, this is pretty fun. Lindsey Vaughn proposes to her fiancé. Now, Ryan, he's a sports guy. Help me how I say his name, please. Uh, P.K. Subban. Subban, Okay. So she proposed to her boyfriend. How exciting is that? Sisters are doing it for themselves. So wanted cool. to celebrate that, but then they're already engaged. They've been so engaged. She re-engaged the person who already engaged her. Yeah. So they've been engaged since August, but then she returned the favor and asked PK to marry me. That's what she said on her Instagram post, and he said yes, but. She but she'd already, already said, said yes, yes when so, he asked her. Yeah, so they were already... So was she just double-checking, or what? I'm confused. <laughs> she says, we talk about equality, but actions speak louder than words. Men should get engagement rings, too, and this is what PK deserves. So oh, interesting. Okay, now, I don't, whore, I don't totally disagree with this, in the sense that it is... There's something about the tradition of the... Uh, traditional, uh, the tradition of the traditional proposal. The tradition of you the traditional proposal. You know what I'm saying. The report and, of the report. The report of the report. <laughs> in the sense that the woman usually gets the engagement ring. And the symbol of that is essentially like you've been tagged for ownership. Yeah, or that it's like a dowry. Yeah, like there's some, it, yes, it's it, a transactional it, thing. Mm-hmm. Where I think what I hear her saying that I, I do totally agree with is... The guy should get to wear something that shows a commitment too. Yes. So in that regard, yay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So now they both have rings. She gifted him a ring. Yay. yay. And now it shows that they're committed at this level. The the problem I think I have in this is with the way it's being reported. Yes, because I got all excited because I thought the headline was that Lindsey Vaughn did the actual proposing yes because it's not totally unheard of but it's still outside of the cultural norm right. to have women asking men to get married which to me is so weird because if you're in a heterosexual relationship with a man and a woman and you happen to have the lady parts and you want to get married mm-hmm. go ahead and ask yeah just ask yeah do it why? Why? But because I've ran into scenarios in my life where somebody, you know, a friend or, or someone goes, hey, look, I got an engagement ring. And then they go and scurry off and then they get it out of the drawer mm-hmm. and then they show it. And I'm like, well, are you did you have an engagement? Well, he hasn't proposed yet, but I got the ring uh, and I picked it out. So it's like, you know, you're going to get engaged. Right. But then the female in the relationship is waiting for the male to, quote unquote, propose right but you already know that you're gonna get married well, for goodness sake, you already got the ring but you have the <laughs> ring you know where it's stashed so yeah. this whole dance that is happening it's all the around, fakery that you're not all down the fakery. with yeah i'm not down with that mm-hmm. i you know if you guys want to get married then sisters are doing it for themselves ask just ask i actually also wonder if there isn't like the tr- it's the traditional proposal isn't if the tradition of the proposal, I should say, isn't starting to change a little bit. Yeah. For that reason, because it is not usually that big of a surprise. Right. Because you, I would think that maybe you and your significant other have had conversations about it. Well, do you know that if you are going to be proposed to at a sporting event, they 
make sure that you know that the other person will accept the proposal. But that's weird. I know. Because isn't the whole idea of a proposal that there's supposed to be some kind of element of surprise? Yes. But then if you already know that it's going to happen, and then I had somebody say, well, wouldn't it be, I would be disappointed if I didn't get a proposal. But then what's that? Like I mean, I know it is. It's, <laughs> when you really stop and think about it, it is a really bizarre tradition that we have. It's so weird culturally that it's, we wait. There's a conversation that happens usually that you're going to get married, like yeah. a contract of words. Y- yes, but then you have to go through the performance of the proposal, right? So I don't. You know what? Now I'm back all the way around to though thinking that Lindsey Vaughn is kind of cool because she just was like, "Yeah, here you go. You get a ring too." Yeah, that's great. Yay! Now we both asked each other, and now we'll just go forward and get married. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, dumb people doing dumb things, crazy, stupid idiots. After this, on my talk 1071. Sing it! Sing it! Florida. Florida. Keep holding the note. gotta practice Sorry uh, all right that. so we are not going to florida first we're going to colorado oh fun we're gonna meet david wayne oliver 65 i am not actually entirely mad at half of his story but half of it is real bad uh-oh 65 year old david wayne oliver was being pursued by the cops because He had robbed a bank. It was the Academy Bank in Colorado Springs on Monday afternoon. He had threatened the use of a weapon and then left the bank with an undisclosed amount of cash. That's the part of the story that I do not agree with. Yeah, stealing, theft, robbing banks. You don't want it's to bad. do it. It's bad. It's dumb. Now, would I like to would I have liked to have been in his path for the next part of the story? Yes. Because the next thing he did is is he stepped outside of the bank and started tossing the money all over the place, throwing the money everywhere and yelling, Merry Christmas, like a regular bank robbing Santa Claus. Like a Robin Hood. <laughs> now, this is, where, this is where you learn the beauty of humanity. Because everyone just took the money and ran? No, actually, the bystanders were trying to collect the money and bring it back into the bank. Oh, bless Because they hearts. were clear on what had just happened. I would have ran away, right. and I just would have emptied my pockets, because that would have made me paranoid. Because yes. I think, and probably you too, Colleen, because... N- Rule following. Right. Makes you hot, makes you anxious. Be like, you don't want to be anywhere around that money. I don't want you to think that I even took a dollar. Oh, this is super (laughs) funny. This is what a rule follower I am. Here's the story uh, that I'll tell. It's a true story. And then I'll get back to the actual story at hand. Please. But I accidentally, the other day, was packing my bag at the end of the workday. And I had, like, I had my computer and i had something like you know a couple other things and then i had we had used our amazon alexa in the office for a bit on the show Mm -hmm. and that was sitting on top of my computer because it had been in the studio and i tossed that in my bag as well and i got home and i saw it and it was like the telltale heart just being like (gasps) you're gonna get arrested for taking this thing out of the office i had to like i couldn't bring it back fast enough i had to stop myself from driving back that night to drop it off it is not an essential component of the work we do here. No. It is a nice perk of our office. It's not even plugged in. To have in our little friend. And we don't even know it's there. We don't even use I it. I was like, somebody is going to notice and arrest me. Basically. That's what a rule follower I am. Mm-hmm. So had I seen Mr. Oliver uh, walk outside of the uh, 
Academy Bank in Colorado Springs on Monday afternoon and start showering people with money saying, Merry Christmas! <laughs> I probably would have also wanted to run it back into the building to say, sorry, this is, this is yours. I tried to get as much as I could. Yeah. I didn't even take it, but it's yours. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Now, here's the part that I find to be so brazen. He then sauntered away, even though, by the way, thousands of dollars are still missing. Um, he sauntered away and uh, stopped at a Starbucks and sat down and was appreciating a little caramel latte, yeah, perhaps. Because yeah, sure. he felt good about maybe himself. Perhaps, maybe an eggnog latte mm. or a peppermint of some sort. A mocha. A mocha could have been. Uh, anyway, uh, he was then arrested. So Merry Christmas to him. Ho, ho, ho. Merry yep. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. He did. He does look a little like Santa Claus. I want to tell you about something that happened on Christmas Eve. Mm. We're going to upstate New York. Perfect. Wonderful, beautiful Albany, New York. Oh, I love that area. Do you? It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's a lot of beauty in that upstate New York area. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're going to Albany, and we're going to the mall, everybody. Oh, yeah. Yes. Who doesn't love going to the mall on Christmas Eve in Albany, New York? I really don't have a lot to say about this story. I just want to let you know that it happened. Okay. This happened at the Cross Gates Mall in Albany, New York, at the Beef Jerky Outlet. Mm, how fun. Because there's a store called the Beef Jerky Outlet. And there was a fight in the beef jerky outlet. Oh, what is there to fight about when there is dried cured meat next to you? On Christmas Eve. That's really all I have to say. It's that I really want you to know that there was a fight in the beef jerky Again. outlet at the Crosstowns Mall in Albany, New York. I do not understand how people could be mad and angry enough to fight when there's cured meats in your presence. But this was like an all-out brawl. I mean, this was not just Rude. like a slap of the Oof. beef stick. This was... <laughs> Sounds kind of like a. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> I'm sure you can find that on the internet if you want. Uh, no, there is a clip, and I don't know who sent this to the Daily Mail, uh, but they show a large group of people fighting inside the beef jerky outlet. You can see people throwing punches. They're falling over the counters, and some people are throwing stands from the store. So goodness knows what the heck was happening oh my in the gosh. beef jerky outlet but it did happen and uh i hope that your life is better for knowing that a fight broke out in the beef jerky it outlet. is thank you for that uh th- no arrests have been made by the way in this uh fight in the mall i just like you know it just like makes me kind of sad though in the way that like okay here you are in upstate new york mm-hmm. and you're in the mall and there's a beef jerky outlet and then there's a fight there. And the fact that the beef jerky outlet exists in the first place. I know, right? It's like that same sadness that I get when I go into a toy store mm-hmm. in the mall. Mm-hmm. And then there's the toys that are displayed out front and they're motorized. And then oh, there's Holly. that one dog that is backed up into a corner. Like running into and the it's wall just over running and over. into the wall. And then you know, here's the thing, like, you know that there are toy designers it was manufactured it was shipped across continents and oceans and then somebody unpacked it and then no one's probably going to buy the thing and then it's just going to go to garbage island and then the whales are going to eat it holly's having an existential crisis right now beach and then the dog will probably still have batteries left in it and you take it out of the whale (laughs) and then it's still doing i don't know i'm sorry i took you on a journey wow i was not expecting that but thank you for that i just you know there's a there's a tragedy (laughs) In all of this, I Christmas do. Eve. I hear. I hear you. I see you. I've witnessed 
this moment with you, I do want to remind you, in case you were worried about the wind-up doggy, that it doesn't have feelings. But the whale does. And so I want to just honor that I did hear the concern for actual animals as well. Thank you. Uh, All right. Uh, For the next story, we will now go to Jimmy B's Beach Bar. Nice. Are we in Florida? We have to be in Florida. I think we are in Florida. We are beachside in Florida. And boy, is it beautiful. Uh, Right here at St. Pete's Beach Nightclub. It is so beautiful. And Deborah Vogt and George O'Brien... They had a few cocktails on the beach. And you know what happens when you have a few, co- a few cocktails on the beach? And you're in sunny Florida and you start to feel amorous. You. Mm. Yes. The Ew. two of them steal. Do you steal? Stealed away or stole away? Whatever. They found a ladies' room and they were getting frisky. Thank you. Ew. Yeah. In Put the, down a towel in one the of those ladies' room. Put down one of those seat wraps. Do we still have those? Things? Oh yeah, you, yes, we should. I have not seen one of those in a long time. But for this type of situation, boy, first Did of people all, ever use those? Yes, trust me. Because it seemed like it's more work than it's actually worth. I don't think. I yeah, and I don't think it actually does what you think it does. But I think it's peace of mind. <laughs> But in this situation, I would start gladly using them because suddenly I'm thinking how many people have had sex in this bathroom. Ew. Also, too, I would like to add, I don't, no offense to all of our listeners who love having sex in public restrooms, but nothing about a public restroom gets me in the mood. Ew. Right? Ew. That's nasty. And I don't care how many sex on the beaches you've had. No. Anywho. Anywho, uh, they were notified, or staff was notified uh, when people were trying to use the restroom but were unable to because there were two people having sexual intercourse in that restroom. Well, now that's rude because you gotta go. I mean, when you have broken the seal, you can't wait. No, and you, you're not, I mean, come on. So, apparently a lot of people complained and then the security staff was like, hey, you guys, break it up. You gotta get out of here. And they were like, nope. And they stayed. And then the cops got involved. They initially declined to identify themselves or provide any means of identification because they knew what they had done was wrong. Anyway. You know, this bar is connected to a hotel. I mean, hello. If they were that. You are 60 paces from a bed. If you're that horny, just get a room. Or you're on a (laughs) beach. I mean, if it's 1230 at night, it's not light out there. I know you might be worried about getting sand in your cracks. I'd rather get sand in my crack than whatever is in that public restroom. Yeah, because there's more than sand in that restroom. Thank you. Mm. Um, I'm guessing they brought home some stowaways. That was not an appropriate joke to make when we come back. don't mean crabs. Exactly. On the Colleen and Bradley show, we are going to play a little game. That game is called The Throwback Live on My Talk 107.1.